Welcome back to another episode of the Levity Floatcast. In this episode, I talk with Tom Grogan, a financial representative from the Lutner Financial Group. I've had the pleasure of working with Tom for about the last three years. And honestly, I'm someone that isn't knowledgeable about the financial world. And Tom's really boosted my confidence with education and helping me put together a comprehensive financial plan. He uses a great analogy between health and finances. We all know it takes discipline and dedication to get in better shape. Small decisions in the best interest of our health, day in and day out, are the real key to success. Because over time, all of those small decisions add up and have a greater impact. Well, the same goes with your finances. Wanting to have financial freedom but never consulting an expert or putting a plan in place is as silly as wanting to get in great shape but never going to the gym. It just doesn't work that way. Tom's analogy was especially evident in his view of cryptocurrencies and NFTs. He also had a very interesting opinion on the integration of artificial intelligence and machine learning in the finance world and gave us some real solid advice for entrepreneurs and business owners. Even away from his professional life, Tom's a great guy. He's a loving husband, father to three boys, and he even volunteers as a coach for their soccer team. Tom accepts a compliment as well as a vending machine accepts a wrinkled dollar bill. But the guy's the real deal, and this is a great episode. So sit back, relax, and let's float cast. I want to relax, relax, put my mind at ease Good friends and good vibes, now that's all I need When life hurts, come down and flow to levity Let your problems wash away into serenity Whoa, whoa um, Yeah, man, I don't know. I think the real important thing for that individual sports is that you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I worked in, you know, health and phys ed for a long time, and I coached for a handful of years. And you're right. Um, knowing that you can kind of fall back on the all-star. Right. It, it breeds a bit of, uh, I don't want to say laziness, but like, boy, if I know that guy's on the team, I don't want the ball. Well, and that also brings out, I mean, that's the thing. Though. I think that's where the team sport does have its value. If, if it, it teaches you that if you're going to go, you know, you're going to have to work with others. Um, mm. right. I mean, like if you look at it, there are kids who excel and there's kids who don't, but you know, you get the superstar who they defer to for a while, but like when they don't have her, as I was saying yeah. a couple of weeks ago, she couldn't make the game and they got smoked and it was his job. It was my, it was my son's job to fill that role and he didn't do it. <laughs> How was that drive home? Oh, it was nothing but you know, yeah, there was, it was, it was nasty for everybody. I mean, everybody got near full after that game, not because of the loss. Who, I mean, that means sure. literally nothing. It's yeah the amount of effort that was being put out, the amount of infighting and all that stuff that you don't get in an individual sport. You know, I, again, in all of my experience, I've seen in individual sports, you've seen the person who sulks and goes mm. away and they can get away with it. Cause it's them. It's, it's their own. Mm. And so there's part of that, that where that's the flip side of what you said though, like where you, you don't have to live up. You don't have accountability in the individual sport necessarily. Your yeah. dad and mom can yell at you the whole way home, but it's way different if your friends where you take that on yourself. I mean, we had a kid come off the field crying Ooh. because kids were yelling at him because he made, you know, he, he let up a couple goals. So I think it's real important, man, that, uh, 
you learn every once in a while too. I one of the biggest programs I implemented in schools I thought was probably the best um, that had the most satisfying um, impact on kids was there's a program called Baldridge in Education. Okay. And what it taught was every week we'd set goals, defined, measurable, objective goals of this week, 85% of us are going to turn in our homework. Everybody's name is on the board. So when I'm, I see Tom, Tom Grogan turns in his homework, check. I see Jamin Thurman turns in his homework, check. Dave Raypatch checks. And then I see, uh, I see Joe Packard didn't turn in his homework. I don't have to say anything. All the other people are then looking at that person like, hey, you got to carry your water here. We want to play kickball on Friday. We got to get these goals met. Um, I think it's very important. I think the individual support sports expedite that because thinking for me, it's won and loss on my shoulders. And if I lose it, boy, that's going to hurt because I don't have anyone else to blame. When I say like, oh, this guy's – we used to have somebody that would guaranteed one out of three games this dude would shoot in the wrong goddamn hoop for basketball. You're 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 a junior. You're in eleventh grade. You're shooting at the wrong basket. How many times? And you lose a couple games. And you can kind of like let that pressure off. But man, I, I would. That's a really interesting th- thought about like tennis. That one on one is baseball and pitcher on the wrestling mats. Um, Boy, it's an interesting conversation to have, especially having kids and thinking like, what's the going to set them best up for long term? Well, and also, um, I mean, your business here, to some degree, mine as well. I mean, there's mm. a team dynamic to mine, but it's 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 in that baseball esque territory where it's kind of a one on one thing with other players, um, and some people thrive in that. Some people don't. Some people don't like being out on that island by themselves and. Mm. Some people really like that team, team sports stuff. That support, man. That support. I don't have to worry about it. Someone else carry that water. I don't have to worry about hitting that quota. Uh, someone else is there. They'll pick it up. I feel you, man. Um, Tom, it's great to sit with you, dude. We just yeah. got out of the tank. How do you feel? Great. It was the uh, first time I've been in in a while. It was yeah. awesome. It was good. It was very good. Very relaxing. I've always known for a few years now. I've I've had you know real happy to know you. Um, we've done work together. Um, I'm, I'm a client of yours, and you float here. I've always known you as a Type A, <laughs> and as fast as you talk, I can now understand that that super processor in between your ears probably operates about three times faster than what you talk. So, how is it for you in the silence? It's kind of funny because, uh, yeah, exactly that. It's it's hard for me to shut down. Um, I'm not so much even talking, talking, but just the motor is running, um, and I go through waves of it, where, you know, there are moments where I'm completely kind of almost unconscious, I would say, or mm-hmm. uh, in a trance, and then about I, I you know ten minutes later, I don't know what the time is, obviously, <laughs> and then something gets on my mind, and we start up again, mm-hmm. and then. Pfft, kind of goes away and it's kind of what it you know kind of works though it 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 kind of rebalances the day or rebalances the week i man i'm so fascinated by the things you do and because it is very much entrepreneurial and it's in a very unique sector and as people are listening i want them to understand this is just two guys talking um i've known tom for a few years now he's um 
great wealth of information. And I thought, boy, it'd be cool to sit down because I find that when someone says they're a financial representative, what I've found that to be is very similar to 15 to 20 years ago when someone was like, I work in computers. Mm-hmm. Right. What? How would you describe your job and your role and what you do? Well, so I guess my goal with my role, let's put it that way, or you know, what I'm trying to help or achieve with clients is kind of stepping as more of a, a consultant or a coach somewhere where I can add value to their lives and really into whatever that is for them. Um, you know, I was thinking about this before we were talking, you know, there are people who are clients of mine. And what I mean by that are, are people who have this, this relationship we have where we bounce ideas off each other. We talk through different ideas. We go through a whole myriad of concepts and strategies and really stay pretty high level 99% of the time. And then there are people who are customers, which I wouldn't say I don't want to be there, but there are people who, one, that's what you're there to do. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. They, they already know. They have multiple advisors and things like that. And there are other people who just want to transact. They really don't want you in their life. They're not looking for that type of thing. You know, and that's kind of where we start. But when it's working with a client, you know, I look at it, um, I would say similar, most similar to maybe a personal trainer even. Somebody who's trying to help you get to get you where you want to go while having to hold a little candle under your tush from time to time. That's a great comparison. That's a very great comparison of a personal trainer for finances Um, because everyone's situation is unique. You're very rarely, you can put a couple people in containers, but ultimately what I really liked working with you is the conversations that we would have because your background wouldn't be what you would call a typical type background. Probably not. Probably not. No. What, what, how did you get started in this? What, where did you initially, where was your major at in college? Talk us through to how you got to here. Sure. Um, so initially I was a, uh, IO psych major out of Penn state with a minor in business. Mm. Um, Finance to a large degree was always interesting to me. Um, however, it was not something I pursued. I was always far more interested and driven by the motivations that people have. So mm. for people who aren't maybe necessarily familiar with what an IO, industrial organizational psychology is, it's really to the study of motivation in the workplace. Hmm. How do you um, get people to be more motivated, to be more productive, more efficient? Now, some of that's good, some of that's bad. How uh, so? Well, if you think about what that major kind of was, I mean, in a lot of ways it was based around factory work. Originally, it was originally like kind of factory work and that how can we get people to do more? Not so much for less, but, and then it evolved. And, you know, one of the, and I'll throw it out there, they're, they're a different company now, but, but GE was one of the lead companies who hmm. really invested and spent time looking at how to recruit and cull and, and really, groom people to become successful and again it didn't work i mean the company has obviously changed and is a very different place now but but they were somebody who kind of looked at it a little bit differently and started moving the ball that direction of stock options like how can we get people to be motivated to continue to work Mm. um and that always fascinated me that was always far more interesting um on that so you know coming out of school um i was in sales i mean i've always been a people kind of person who you know, likes meeting new people, likes new experiences and those types of things. And, and there's uh, a whole 
you know, story just of, of going through, um, at the time, the Pitney Bowes philosophy of selling, which was kind of at that time, 20 years ago, thought to be a, a, the way to do it. And how would that be? Is Pitney Bowes? Well, Pitney Bowes, you know, they, they, they make office machines and things like that. And, and uh, I had input from an older brother that, you know, do that for a year or two just to kind of get the feel for it. And, and it's kind of funny because if you look back on what you just said about people in my industry, or that's the training that you're referring to. Uh, it's kind of what's called a feature function benefit type of thing where you show a feature, you show the function, here's the benefit. Pretty linear. And, the, and you know, that applies to in the finance thing. I mean, that, that goes right into what you were saying where that's kind of how a lot, I wouldn't say they're trained like that, but that's kind of the methodology of it. Mm. Um, that led me, you know, through the years to, I mean, I left there and, and, uh, was in litigation support here in Pittsburgh. That's how I came back to Pittsburgh and, and, uh, ran an office here in litigation support and then eventually got involved in a private equity uh, family office opportunity mm-hmm. and took that, ran with that. And then as that project was kind of winding down, I kind of realized or knew at that point in time, this is kind of where I wanted to go and how to kind of connect the dots. And I had, and I won't name any of the sure. other names, but I had spoken to just about everybody around town to a large degree. And fortunately for me, a friend of mine, uh, who was at Lutner then put me in touch with Sandy Adderson, who's still the general counsel of Lutner. And he and, he and I had a two hour first talk mm. and we went through concepts and things like that. And it was the first time that I'd seen something new, something different from a different perspective and also really focusing in on, um, kind of a, again, a different thing away from the feature and the function and the benefit type of thing and more to like the actual nuts and bolts of like, how does these things work? Yeah. And what do you, you know, so when you're working with clients, this is how we work. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time now. It's been a decade since that conversation, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got here. I really think, I mean, what's so interesting and it may differ. I've is the level of comprehensiveness that you have to work with your tools to help people in different avenues. What would some of those be when someone comes to you for the first time? I say, Hey, the, Tom's a really great guy. He's honest. He's upfront. He's transparent. He can unpack things in a normal type language where I leave and I feel I know what's going on with my money. How do you kind of evaluate what tools to bring out for someone? What tools are available? How does that first conversation kind of go? So, well, that's a, that's a good question. And uh, I appreciate uh, the comment. So, you know, in a first meeting or two, really, it's about figuring out if it's a good fit between the two of us. Um, as you said, I'm kind of a fast talker. I'm pretty high energy. It may work for you. It may not work for you. I mean, it's not, not, you know, I'm not, I am not for everybody. I'm not trying to be for everybody, but, uh, if you're in, you know, it usually goes, but really it's figuring out what, what that dynamic is between us and what the client's trying to accomplish and how can I add value to them? Mm. Sounds kind of cliche, but really that's all I kind of think of as adding value at every meeting. And then from there, really, it depends on the situation. Again, everybody's different. But if somebody's, somebody's really looking to kind of have that comprehensive all the way down, you know, I want to really understand how from whatever age, 35, 40, 25, whatever it is, 50, to the end game, how is this going to work? And really, you know, we have a system, a software system that's, that's proprietary, the living balance sheet that we use that 
really the only when I say it's different, I mean, that's easy to say. But one of the things I really like about it is it really shows a different perspective than some of the other software out there from one, it organizes everything in a much clearer sense than I've ever seen. And two, it brings in some different strategies and ideas mm -hmm. that are usually not at the forefront that people yeah. don't really talk about very often um, that are in the are, are really what make the difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's the, you know, you know, the, the saying is, you know, one degree shift makes all the difference in the world, right? Yeah. If you were flying from LA to Tokyo and you were two degrees off, you could end up, I guess, you know, somewhere in Indonesia, mm. right? Yeah. Where, you know, with what we're trying to accomplish is not, is to have that very clear direction of yeah. what's important. How are you going to do that without relying on just pure assumptions? Does that make sense? It certainly does. And I think that's why it's, it's real important. And what I think is so unique is because that's a, such a different approach than some, some of the other um, folks in the industry that I've bumped into where it's very um, heavy on this is what you need to do by this. This is what you need right now. Whereas my time with you and I, whether it's with your complete, you know, umbrella of the entire firm of Lutner or it's you specifically is that long term um, outlook on life of like, this is where you are now, but where do you really want to be? Because I can, I mean, I could sell you this kind of stuff, but ultimately you're going to pay out on taxes. You're going to lose in the long run. Inflation's going on. So that, I mean, it's just so different and unique and provide so much benefit to people that work with you that it just certainly stood out to me. Um, have to ask because it's it's our our demographics man they they go from like early 20s until you know probably late 30s early 40s um large majority in that younger band mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. young people now generally what type of things do you see where they're stumbling where you meet with a younger couple or a young individual and you go mm, boy I'm going to, I'm going to shelf that and tell my sons, make sure we miss that. You know, so I'll say that a couple things, I mean, to generalize a bit, you know, my experience with the younger, I guess it's the younger millennials or the older Gen Z's, whatever they're, you know, labeled for the most part, they actually seem to have a decent head on their shoulders as far as understanding. One of the things they really have a, a hard time with for the, the vast majority of them is a lot of them are coming out of school, whatever they're doing, but coming into the world with with quite a bit of headwind. Um, you know, we haven't transitioned yet, not to get too deep, but we haven't really transitioned the way that we've always transitioned, meaning uh, there's a whole mass of people who are continuing to work well into their late 70s mm. who are still there. Yeah. And that's not normal. That's not happened really. And we knew that, and this is not something, and this goes back to the IO stuff. We, this has been known for a long time that this was kind of what was going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, so a lot of the younger people are coming out with a lot of student loan debt. Um, they're, I don't mm. think they're as bad as they're made out to be as far as spending. I think things are just expensive. And while some of them are getting very good jobs, I see a lot of people with a lot of education who are not making a whole heck of a lot of money and they've got a lot of debt and it's basically a delay on them starting their lives in the historical terms. Agreed 100%, and I'm glad you touched on that because a couple things there I wanted to, to bring up. Um, first one being, I feel like that generation, those younger 20s, 
even into the mid-20s, that generation has been caught in the switches of education. Right. The amount of debt that people are saddled with, and mm-hmm. even even in prominent, um, high-paying roles. There, we, we have some physicians that float here regularly. 100%, right. And you think, oh, well, they're a physician. They're just rolling in it. But nope. you don't see that other side of the student debt. Second part of that is I've heard rumblings of debt forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What is student debt forgiveness? What does that <laughs> do? And that's where, like, I don't know. It's not a loaded question, but I thought the number was around 50000 that was looking to be forgiven. What impact or what does that do overall? Well, so... As I will say, this is this is not my personal right. area of expertise when it comes to kind of one that's a policy thing, and that's got you know it's kind of out of my realm. But mm. um, to a large degree, when working with and this is where the team dynamic we talk about when working with younger people who have that kind of stuff, I have people that I work with internally and externally who who do that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but in general, from from you know my knowledge of it, you know there will probably more than likely be some student loan forgiveness uh, for that very reason. So it's a consumer, this is more like it's a consumer based economy and people in their twenties and thirties and forties typically spend a lot of money on buying their house, buying their cars, buying stuff, going out, kids, da, 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 da. And that keeps, that's kind of the engine. And if they can't go do those things, we kind of, that kind of model starts to slow down a bit. Um, and so, you know, there's the, there's the one side of that argument that says, well, I paid for my student loans and I shouldn't, you know, that's not fair. (laughs) Right. Right. And then there's the other side that says what I did, which is kind of like, we need to do this to free this up. Um, you know, that's a tough one because again, you, you, if you forgive that money and it's not repaid, then who's going to, you know, who gets that back into the hopper? I mean, Right. right. You can't just do that. But, um, you know, it's been, you know, if you pay your student loans for 20 years, you, you get them kind of forgiven on the federal side. Um, you know, I think they've looked in it. They've talked about it. I mean, there's multiple uh, politicians who run on that. I do think it's going to at some point they're probably going to have to do that because to your point, when I run into it, you know, you, I've seen kids and I call them kids because I'm in my mid 40s. But I've seen people come in or we've talked to people. I've talked to people. You know, they're 25, 26 years old. They're not killing it, but they're doing okay. And But they've still got $250,000 of debt, you know. Between, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, you know, if you get, you know, a private private undergrad in law school. Yeah. And you've got a huge amount of debt there. And that's real. Right. And, and to, you know, the other side of the coin to that, why I think is really interesting is we both kind of had a chuckle of like, well, hey, I paid mine back. My parents also paid $65,000 for a house that is now, you right. know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's like, it, you're all, there's going to be times where you're just the first person at the red light, man. Or the green light. Or the green light. <laughs> like, but mean, either way, that's just, um, it's astronomical. And I read that and I thought, man, how do you start a career? Even like I said, you're doing well and you have a prominent job. But I see that generation of getting caught in the switches of that educational trap that they were told 
from kindergarten on to graduation that they had to go to college, which is fine for the population that wants to go. But I could name you eight guys that had no business going to college and were flushed out within the first couple years. But that that money was still real. They still had to pay that. And they like, there's so many problems there that I hope something does come about. But in my mind, I'm always like, what is the next step if they forgive that? Yeah. And I, 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 I don't have an answer to that one. And, uh, you know, and looking at how much college costs, I mean, they have gone up, you know, exponential since, since I was in school 20 years ago, um, 25 years ago. And, that's a problem. Exactly the point. I mean, your, your starting salary coming out of school is really in, in your typical kind of like whatever you want to call it, white collar ish type of job. You're going to come out and go work for a company. It's really not that much greater if at all than when I no. came out of school and you're going to have your school costs probably be almost two to three times more. Can you hold your mic up a little more? Oh, sorry. You're good, man. Um, you're saying a lot of good stuff, and it's honest, and I think it's real important, but that's that's the real switch, man. That's, that's your – those kids – and again, kids, but those young adults are caught in that. And then you're trying to buy a house that like you can't, uh, I'll share a quick story with you. I had a guy in here who's starting a franchise and a super nice guy, but a second career. And he worked in television beforehand. And uh, he was talking about like how much real estate has gone up. He's like, I can't afford this anymore. Right. I can't, I couldn't afford to keep doing this job making 20 bananas and I'm trying to buy a house that's 130 bananas. Like, they won't lend it. To, I have to do more. And that's why I see that younger generation where that starting salary doesn't come out much healthier. But, boy, they're saddled with so much more debt. But it, it's it's a real interesting dilemma. Well, on, you know, to, to some degree on that, too. I mean, if you um, follow that trend line mm-hmm. where the average wages have not kept up at all with some of the other things in the in out there it does set up challenges for the younger people um that are real yeah absolutely um you know and they're also you know and they're also going to be any i I throw myself even into this group because i'm still young enough and have young children that i'm not going anywhere you know for a long for 20 30 years or at least 20 years um there are going to be some real problems that have been generated over the last couple decades here that are going to have to be dealt with at some point. Yeah. Financial issues, yeah. macro financial issues that um, we're all going to have to participate in solving and figuring out. And uh, I think that's why you kind of see there's some, you know, I don't want to say give up, but there's a bit when we, when I'm talking to a younger person, there is a little bit of like, uh, give up's the wrong term, but a resignation to this um, is, like kind of like it's it's a lot why am i even trying right it, it's kind of i'm behind the eight ball already i think that's real interesting and a real a real kind of uh, almost segue because what i see is a lot of people looking at relief into an arena that we touched about and i know um i don't somewhat controversial is people are now looking to making money with cryptocurrencies um i have friends who have made a little bit of money and I've always found it really weird that that is still tied to the dollar. So for somebody like me, who's very practical and very like, if this is a dollar, this is a dollar, but this decentralized and not very well educated on it. But I think a lot of people are looking at that as I will avoid it and go into this decentralized source of income. 
Yeah, I mean, as I told you, like, I mean, there's no, there's no, I cannot make any, I will not make any commentary on crypto or any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's unregulated. It's, uh, and that's, you know, that tells you what it is. I mean, it's, it's something out there. I mean, if you look at it, like we talked about though, offline, mm. I don't know if it's exactly this, but I mean, it is, it's kind of like a, a, almost like a pill to make you lose weight type of thing. It is not a, a you know, very different than what I'm trying to do. And yep. that comes down more to like a product, like, Oh, this product will save me. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, even if it, and, it, and it, let's say I'm a hundred percent wrong. Sure. And it does. It's still not a good philosophy to like in anything in life to, to go about it with this kind of mentality. Well, I think it's real important that other people hear that from someone with knowledge with, I, I just, I see that's a very good comparison of the diet world. And instead of going to the gym every day, instead of eating right, instead maybe having one glass of wine instead of seven, um, eating half a cake, you know, I can just take this pill. I am seeing this younger generation in crisis for the idea of I make 20 bananas, but I'm 85,000 bananas in debt. I make 20 a year. Oh, I can buy this cryptocurrency and it keeps like I see that as their blue pill to make things better. And then I just I love I love everyone, man, but especially the people that are in crisis mode, they will make crisis decisions and lose a lot of money that they don't have. Well, uh, yeah. And again, you know, when it comes to specifically to that too, I mean, you know, for younger people, they, they have the ability they have time on their side, um, to take risks and do things. So it's not a, you know, and I'm not suggesting that you were saying this, but it's not sure. like you can't dip your foot in that water or do something. Again, I can't advise on that, but you know, there's one thing to say, like you have a plan and you have a structure to what you're doing yeah. and you want to take some extra risk. And you've thought it through in that regard. You know, what you're talking about, what I've seen from time to time or what I hear, I hear more than see, yeah. um, is this is, yeah, that like, let's, let's go do this and this will, you know, and it's, it's just it, like anything else when, um, for some of the listeners may be too young. Um, but you know, I was around for the dot com burst in the nineties. That's when I was coming. Well, that's when I was coming out of school and, and, um, it was kind of, Similar in the context, like it, it just was almost thought like it, it can't go, it will never go down. Mm. It will never happen. Mm. And then it did. And I'm not saying, again, no comment on what's going to happen here. It's sure. Just have a peace of mind to have a structure, you know, on the personal level, have a, have a structure to what you're trying to do. It makes life a lot easier, it makes it a lot more smooth to go through. I tell you what, man, is one thing to then piggyback on to something that is important. I found it was a financial block that wasn't in place that you helped with because it was my lack of knowledge. And I really feel everybody should have it, especially when they have dependents. I find it so bizarre that it isn't more broadly known, but it's life insurance. My experience prior to meeting you was very hokey on life insurance because all I would see is the internet banners, mm -hmm. the banners online of pay $25 a month and you have $250,000 of life insurance. Mm -hmm. And then you start doing a little research, you start understanding there's different policies, there's different containers, there's different advantages, there's disadvantages depending on where you are in your life. 
as something that's you know more certainly more concrete than any type of crypto or NFT life insurance. Can you kind of just a broad stroke of like? Sure. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I I think coming into this years ago too myself, I had, I had I had my own advisor prior um, that went through some of the similar topics that you and I have talked about when it comes to the insurance piece, um, and you know for whatever reason it it may it there's something about it when you see it in context that makes sense. Um, and I think to what you're referring to is a lot of the time it's out of context. Um, it's amazing how many people have an opinion on something they, that I don't want to say they don't, <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, it is That's shocking to you. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, it, I've heard it all at this point. I mean, <laughs> I've heard it all from clients, family, people who are never going to be clients, all, all types of stuff comes out. And, Really, what I try to do with every one of my clients, and yourself included, is just be honest and straightforward yeah. with what it is, yeah. how it works, why it may or may not work in your plan, and what type, well, I should say, what type works inside of your plan. Mm. Um, and, you know, broad stroke, when you have dependents, it's, you know, I, I look at it as, I don't even say moral obligation, it's just your obligation in life. I have three children. It's I just, you know, the idea that you would kind of push this off and, you know, things happen. Nobody wants them to happen. Mm. It's part of growing up that you have to kind of look at it like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. that's a tough conversation for people to have sometimes. Um, and I readily admit, you know, prior to us meeting, I mean, I, I've gone through a million conversations where I didn't do it very well. Um, really? because well, you have to, yeah, there's a lot of empathy that you got to really understand. I think that's where you're talking about. That's why they have these ads that you see on television that are, I'll say devaluing the value, making it a commodity and, and, and to some degree, again, not trying to, but you know, they've done it to themselves too. They've devalued it. They've, mm. they've, they, the insurance companies have a kind of devalued it themselves. I'll give you an example yeah. is, um, you know, there's, there's different philosophies on kind of how much you should own and all those types of things. But at the end of the day, if I, you were to ask me outside of this, if I were not to be, if I was not going to be here tomorrow, what would I want for those who are, who are behind me? Mm -hmm. Would I want it to look as best or as most likely what it would have been or kind of some place where they kind of just can get by and hopefully nothing bad happens right. and a lot of crossing the fingers. Yeah. That's all, you know, so, so if we look at it from there cause that's reality of what you could do. Well, I, you know, for me it's, it's, you know, position one, yeah. you know, try to do our best to get, to there. It's not mm. always going to be perfect and, and got, you know, hopefully nothing ever happens, but, um, the insurance industry as a whole has actually led people to the second one. Hmm. You don't need that. It's a common thing. You don't need this. You don't need that. Mm. You, and, and, it, and it's all about selling and devaluing mm. those types of things. And then when it comes to like the planning aspects of it, away from just the pure protection, what happens to you, you know, it's, it can be something that really actually improves mm -hmm. your life while you're living. Mm. In a major way, it makes life actually a lot better. Yeah. And I'm talking about your retirement income and all mm -hmm. these things that, that people say they want, but they never really allow, kind of free themselves up at times to say, you know, how does this work? And, you know, where can we go? I want that six pack, but I eat a Taco Bell five days well, a week. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I've said this to you before, I think. <laughs> you know, if you went and looked at pretty much, I can't think of an athlete in any any sport there is maybe some exceptions but i mean you know 
kind of like a deadlift and a squat are kind of like what every single athlete on earth does. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, but nobody wants to hear that from the personal trainer <laughs> on the first day. Yeah. Like you were going to sit here and do this and they don't want to hear it. Yeah, man. That's, I, I think it's, boy, the more we conversate, I, I think it, that was a spot on analysis of a financial personal trainer. Because like you said, the benefits on the back end after retirement, the tax things that come along with it, um, man, you say, you share that with somebody and it's like, well, I heard this crypto thing gets a lot of this pill. Let's use another analogy. I heard this hydroxy cut will just, man, I just have to take it at night and I sleep and I can eat whatever I want. Um, so that's why I think it's real as important as, as people take care of their, their health and get somebody in their corner that can handle their health. I think it's equally as important to handle the health of their finances. I would agree. And, you know, going to the, the pill part too, I mean, you know, they're all, you know, if you will, they're all one piece of the puzzle, yeah. you know what I mean? And so the, what we were talking about on, on, um, the insurance front is, you know, it's again, it's, it's a piece of the plan. It is mm. not the plan. It is for some people, a highly valuable item that they, they have. Mm. Um, but either way, it's something they, that most people should take the time to just get an honest, open, direct conversation about like, Hey, what is this? And I remember our first conversation is you said, we're going to talk about these things. We're going to get, we're going to get these numbers. We're going to go through it. And at the end, you can just tell me, no, but at least you'll have the proper information is, to make an informed decision what you want to do with your money. It is the way I look at it when it comes to that, for instance, and, and really anything is it's my, my role to, to add that value when we get down to that kind of stuff is, is really to give you the opportunity. I stole this from somebody who's super successful and he taught me this, this mantra. So I, I will, I won't say who it is, but I'll give him mm. credit. Um, it is my moral obligation to you to give you the right to refuse. It is not for me to judge for you mm. and say, well, you know what? He probably won't want to hear this. Yeah. That is not what I should be doing. What I should be doing just like a, like an attorney or an accountant or any real professional would. And that's the difference is say, here's what you can do. One, two, three, you go from there. Yeah. That's perfect, man. That's, um, and like I said, that's why I just, I feel you're one of those unicorns out in the world that understands wow. the, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that is a lot, but you bump up into a couple other people that want to specifically sell you something or tell you what you need to do with your money. And then you'll understand. I always like the term, uh, the artist who does our uh, painting, his name's Phil Seth. And, uh, he's one of those guys that, uh, he thinks he's normal. And I feel like you fall into that cupboard of like, wow, this is just kind of normal, but it's not. And that's what makes it special. Um, got a couple questions for you. Got three, three really good ones. We'll fire them off. We'll see how go they it. go. Um, work with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of artists, a lot of, uh, a lot of people out there on their own. What are some maybe possibly advice or things you would say to entrepreneurs' finances, how to get them started on the right foot? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Again, I mean, when I, anything, you know, in a general term, in a general thought for people who are thinking about starting their own business, have started their own business, or thinking about expanding, liquidity. I mean, really liquidity. Uh, and again, that, that 
in itself pretty much skips over the whole like idea of products and all that stuff. It is liquidity, you know, really breeds success in a lot of people. I mean, mm. when you take risks and all of those things that entrepreneurs do, um, you should, you know, have the liquidity to do that without, you know, really bringing yourself into stress, mm -hmm. especially as you know, I don't want to get older, but as life changes and you develop and grow, you know, having that, uh, if you would cushion, but you know, having that stability in your life that, you know, you can do, you know, things don't go right. It's not the end of the world. And yeah. conversely, as you and I've talked about, about opportunities that it could be out there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to miss out on maybe the next step, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, that would be the first thing is, is, you know, for an entrepreneur or somebody like who's thinking like that on their own, you know, always maintain liquidity. Right. Yeah. There's if a, you, I mean, if you can, obviously, if you can. Yeah. Well, you, you see it. It happens with a lot of especially young businesses that start out. They want to start out uh, in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boy, oh, boy, like, how about you work your way downfield? I love sports. So a sports analogy is like, listen, you're, you're going to get that punt. You're going to get it at your five. You need to work your way to the other red zone. Whereas a lot of people I've seen in my experience is lose a lot of liquidity because they want to start right there mm -hmm. and they have a bad week and they're, they're ready to jump off the bridge. 100%. Exactly. And, and uh, it's easier said than done. And you know, for entrepreneurs, they, or people who are starting their own business or have their own business, I mean, I, I don't want to generalize and go into specifics that I've seen as far as the, the industry, but there are definitely, in my experience, um, there are certain industries that attract a type of person that that just doesn't, that will never really hit home <laughs> until they become super successful and then they get it. But there are a lot of people who, uh, from the outside looking in, look really, you know, they have it going on and a couple bad things it's happen tight. and next thing you know, it's all gone. Yeah. And, it, and it's happened in different sectors out there. And, and again, that person, and there's something to that though, because that person probably, whatever's inside of them that gets them like that mm -hmm. also is what probably makes them successful. So it's kind of a tough one for, for, an, for somebody like myself. That's a tough one uh, when you're talking to somebody like that because what we're talking about isn't really what drives them. Right. Right. From a personality standpoint, mm -hmm. they kind of get the thrill out of that. But if you were just to say, I want to be happy, I want to be comfortable and I like doing what I do. I own this studio. How can I make my life a little bit better? Mm -hmm. That's, that's where, you know, having yeah. liquidity and having that ability to access capital is huge. Mm, especially we've seen in the, in the last two years with how many, right. Um, things that have just gone down. Um, Second one, man. This is this is something interesting that that's coming up more, and that's artificial intelligence and finance. A lot of a lot of apps, a lot of different programs that'll say just just give us give us your bananas, mm -hmm. and we'll distribute out based on the different algorithms. Do you think there's ever a time where AI takes over the finance industry? No. Um, I so I say that with well, one grain of salt is. And I think you're seeing that now. Sorry, it's too yeah, far away. Um, okay. you know, over the last decade or so, the, if you just look at the stock market, like we'll just call finance the, the, the stock market and whatever, you know, um, it's kind of been a wave going to shore. And it was just a question of kind of what boat you're going to be on to get there. And so that has led to this, again, you know, commoditizing um, the investment world to some degree, you know, people going cheap, it's gotta be cheap, cheap, cheap. 
uh, you can go to Mint or you can go to wherever and they'll tell you what to do. That's not one, there's no strategy or plan behind that. And okay, so there's the first thing. The second thing is in that model, you AI, whatever, that is all assumptive that the past will be the future. Right. I mean, everything that's going to be put into that is going to have to come from an algorithm that makes assumptions based on the past to go to the future um, where, you know, human interaction can also kind of, you know, kind of diffuse that where, you know, like we can all have opinions about where we are in the world and what's going to happen and all these things. But um, as you said earlier, we've printed more money in the last 10 years than we've ever printed before. Um, and some of it's necessary and all that there's no opinion on what, whether that was right or wrong, Just fact. but I can't see us continuing to do that every 10 years. And so, you know, that algorithm that they're going to have to put in there is going to be probably inaccurate to the future. And then lastly, and this goes back to the personal trainer thing, you know, a computer, you know, you hate to say it, but a computer cannot motivate a person to do things they don't already want to do for, for a large degree. I mean, I, you know, but you look at some of these things and I'll throw with Peloton or tonal or any of these things out there. That's fine. If you're a person like me and you're already kind of motivated, you're going to do it. Would I benefit from a personal coach? Yeah. There's no question. Now it's a question in my life of like whether I want to pay for that extra time. Yeah. But if you look at it from, I'll, I'll use this analogy for sports analogy. And again, the viewers may, you know, golf is whatever golf, golf is a game and all those things. But if you ever watch any of those professional golfers go to the driving range before a tournament, mm. they're walking with five people four people. I mean, they've got a swing coach. They've got, I mean, Tiger Woods comes down there with, in his prime with his swing coach. Mm. So the greatest person to ever do that thing has somebody literally standing behind them all the time. So if they do it, you know, and I would say in your financial life, it doesn't have to be maybe that intimate, but, but you know what I mean? Like you're going to have to do things at times. There are things, like I said before, I'm going to give you the right to refuse. Mm -hmm but we can have a conversation about that. Yeah. Right. Otherwise people are just going to probably just going to do the bare minimum. A lot of the things that they don't want to do yeah. their own biases are going to come in there and whether, you know, I, I, I've seen it, you know, I've talked to people and again, going back to what I was saying before too, you've had 10 years where the market's just gone up. So none of this has been tested. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it certainly does. And as soon as you said it, it was almost like a click of a switch of like everything is predicted based on exactly what happened behind us, but that isn't a determination on what could happen a month from now, two months from now. Well, um, let alone 30. I mean, right. really, like if you're talking to somebody in their, their late 20s, 30s, I mean, potentially you're talking about things that could happen in 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. We have no, I mean, there's just no way to know what's going on out there. And so all we can do is try to make things as predictable as humanly possible. Mm. Right. And, and have a strat more importantly, have like a strategy around it. Like this is what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Um, and the outcome was going to be far more likely this way than kind of, you know, the AI uh, robo advisor really is just nothing more than an investment advisor. Who's going to allocate your portfolio. Yeah. Maybe show you some cash flow tips on debt management. But again, that may not be what you want to do. Right. Yeah. That, some, you and I've talked about this. Some people don't like having a mortgage period. I yeah. talked to a guy yesterday who, I mean, he's, he's paid off his mortgage. He's my age. He's mathematically, mathematically, he's, you know, mathematically he's one thing he doesn't care. And, and I, okay. Right on. Right. 
Yeah. Right. But again, in that, in that computer program type of world, something like that, you know, there's got to be a conversation where at least he's, you know, made aware, like that's not right. There is a level of human element right. that's just missing. That could benefit more. You'd be beneficial, benefited more speaking with somebody about that, getting their arms around the whole thing instead of just plugging it in. There's something that will always be missing there. Um, yes. I can, I can see the romanticize of like just giving that money and letting them allocate. And it's, it's snazzy and it is more of term, but it'd be no different than, It'd be no different than getting uh, meals to order that come to your house that you cook together, or you can have a chef come in. Which one's going to be better experience, better taste? Um, it certainly would be personable. Well, I, yeah, and now you know, going back to the Peloton analogy too. Like, um, if anybody's on there who's or listening who's done the Peloton, they know about the power zones and all these things. Like, I know my power zone's wrong. Like I mm. know I can push it harder. Mm. I mean, not that I'm necessarily proud, but I, I, I cycled years ago and I raced and I know I have a capacity for greater, but I kind of like where I am <laughs> and that's kind of good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's what I mean. I mean, it's not making me the best version of myself because it's not you or somebody telling me yeah. like, this is where you could be. That flame isn't there. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. I feel you, man. Is there something you could share that would surprise people about the finance industry. Oh, that's a dangerous, dangerous, slippery, <laughs> slippery slope. Um, oh man. So, well, I would say that, um, the thing that was, oof, the thing that's probably most surprising is, um, I'm trying to think of something that isn't really uh, knocking knocking my own industry down a peg or two, but I would say this. Okay, so the most surprising thing is actually all of the things that we've talked about where, you know, this person is like this. The vast majority of people I've met in this industry, whether wherever they are, whatever they're doing, the vast majority of them, especially locally here, do want to help people. Beautiful. They really, really, really do want to help people. And again... Most of the time where there's something that I look at and say, eh, that's not what I would do or whatever. One that's probably just, you know, their training versus my training and, and their experience and all that kind of stuff. For the large majority, the vast majority of people I've met over the years in this, they all want to do right by their clients and they, they are sincere about it. That's good to hear. And that you said, even if it's something different that you might not put on the table or you would put on the table, it kind of bum you out, they choose, but it's not harmful. It's not something where you they're see not like deliberately spot harmful. on. Right. 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 On. They're, they're not deliberately out there saying I, you know, and that comes and that's where like the conflict with other advisors comes in sometimes because, um, I, I've definitely had it going, going my direction in, in that it's, it's real easy to pick apart, be the last man talking or last girl talking and pick apart somebody else's plan, uh, outside of the context. Right. And so, yeah. uh, for the most part, it's, people want to do right by their clients and they also think that they are doing right by their client. Mm. Yeah. Well said, man. I uh, have one last question for you. It's, it's more of a personal, I, you're a father of three, <laughs> um, man, I, how you do it and how your engine runs. I'm always real surprised. I've never seen you in a, like, Oh, it's not a good day. I've seen you where it's like, you got a million things going on and you're spinning quite a few plates. But I think at the core of who you are, knowing you for a few years, I think you're an amazing dad. And again, thank you. But separate from the finance world and professional world, 
um, 30 years from now, looking back, how would you want your three boys to remember you? Oh, God. Well, hopefully I live longer than 30 years. But 40. I... Yeah, 50. 50. 50. Um, I think as... You know, I think as a good dad, a good... I don't want to say leader, because that sounds really... I think that's a little bit loaded. But somebody who, you know, showed them the importance of doing things well, doing things right, but also levity in life. Not that tied in. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, really wasn't meant to be. But, you know, like keeping it light. I mean, you know... Life is way too short to uh, hold it t so tight that you can't enjoy those moments. Um, I hope they become successful in whatever they do, whatever that means to them. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I would hope by that point, uh, you know, they have families of their own, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, to them, it would just be that you know, we, I help them get to wherever they 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 want to be. Man, it's so great to sit and talk with you, Tom. Um, like I said, I kind of wanted to give our listeners a, a different side for our last question. We talked a lot of shop, a lot of like straight up things, but I think it's real important that they hear that different side of you to validate that ultimately at the core and kernel of what you do is help people and try to make their life easier. And to hear that you have three boys that you care about, loving wife, um, that you care about them, longevity of other people. I think, I think it really brings everything full circle, man. Ah, thanks, man. I, it was great. This was great. Awesome. I will, uh, we'll put all the details, um, in your contact information, where to find you, everything, man. It was such a pleasure sitting down talking with you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, man. All right. All right. That was great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I wanna relax, relax, put my mind at ease Good friends and good vibes, now that's all I need When life hurts, come down and flow to levity Let your problems wash away into serenity Whoa, whoa